Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 465 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is a special holiday edition, and I welcome back to the podcast Dave Romeo from Comics on the Green in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's one of those great experts on both sides of the table when it comes to comic books. He knows selling, and he knows comics as a fan as well. We talk about how the industry's doing as well as his store and get into such things as DC's year, how Marvel is doing, and other subjects such as the Star Wars comics and other related subjects. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. Then everything wraps up with my yearly holiday tradition, something I hope you'll enjoy. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. It's great to welcome back to the podcast Dave Romeo from Comics on the Green in Scranton, Pennsylvania, one of the greatest and long-lived comic shops going around. You you started Comics on the Green in 1992, was it, David? Yes, I did. Yeah, I was I was working in a comic shop for two years before that, uh, the Comic Swap out at Penn State University. I decided, hey, let me let me take my chance at this. So yeah, we've been open since uh, around like October of 1992, and still going strong. Wow, which is great because, you know, you were in a different location than the one that you are now. I think I I was actually in the original, if that was the original location where I I saw, it was like across the street from where you are now. Yeah, yeah, this is our our third location. We're still within the same block. We always kind of like the area. We like being part of the fabric of downtown Scranton. It's actually really nice. And um, this is our third location within that block. We moved, uh, this might be our permanent location there for a long time. We're we're pretty happy there. It, It suits us. 
Um, but yeah, you might have been in the original one, which was across the street where there's uh, Abe's Deli now, which is another uh, long time downtown and uh, you know uh, long time restaurant there. Very cool, very cool. So let's get right to things, because it's always great to check up on on the front lines, and we haven't done this in a while, so we got got some catching up to no. do. Mm-hmm. How has sure. how's Comics on the Green doing? I mean, this has been a crazy year. I mean, for shops and yeah, stuff. Sure and as long lived as yours is, it's great that you're mm-hmm. you, you know you're doing. Uh, are you are you doing real well? How are things going? Yeah, you, you know what? I mean, all things considered, um, we adapted to all the all the changes that were happening this year. You know, um, we were shut down in the middle of March, and there were still new comics coming in for a few weeks there, and we just adapted. They shut us down. <clears throat> excuse me from from. Uh, in-store service so we went to curbside and mail order i was even doing some local deliveries um and then for the next two months we pretty much did a lot of mail order and uh, thankfully because we have been around a long time we do have a huge inventory so pretty much all i did was go into the back grab some boxes sell some back issues um sell graphic novels we opened up a facebook store at that time which was helpful and our local customers are absolutely fantastic, by the way. I have to give a big shout-out to every one of them uh, because so many people were just ordering things. that They were they, they were bored. <laughs> they were home and bored, uh, just like a lot of people were. Um, so they were placing a lot of orders with us, and we really ramped up our eBay sales uh, during that time. And we, and we weathered the storm actually very well. We learned a few things, too. We definitely uh, – I think any business that came through that really learned maybe some new tricks of the trade and maybe reconsider how they do certain things and uh, – uh, then the new comics started coming back again this summer, and it's been, it's been very strong since. Um, uh, customers' appetites have been very strong for comic books because they're, to be honest, they're not really spending their money on anything else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no long vacations, there are no comic conventions, and so they're kind of just you know using their disposable income to buy what they love, uh, the comic books, and, and you know maybe more than they even did before. Well, okay, well that's good to hear because uh, you know because I know a lot of stores where they're kind of feeling their way along and it's nice to hear that things are going pretty mm-hmm. well for you up there with that so that's yeah good. yeah we we came through it very like i said very strongly i, I wouldn't have one i would excuse me i wouldn't want to have to shut down again and go through all that one more time mm-hmm. um but at the same time we learned a lot we were still generating income and our our operating costs were lower and then the new comics weren't coming in which is our big bill every week so we just adjusted we just tweaked you know we adapted and uh actually did pretty well i have to say well good that's great to hear because uh i i i keep in touch with several uh store owners and i'm always kind of interested to hear how it's going some folks are doing less to, I, I i always tell the story there was a there's a place in in, in I, I shouldn't mention the city because the people know who i'm talking to the, there was three mm-hmm. comic shops within like a mile the, the one mm-hmm. was open full. The other one was was closed, only curbside, although the, the part of it was a gaming thing. And the gaming people were open, although they they, they cordoned mm. off the comics area. And then the other right. place the other place was a collector's store. It was the only mm-hmm. sold it was it was I'm just gonna reveal what it is, but it was like it's called nine point nine. And they only okay. sold books that were nine point nine and above. And <laughs> okay, so that's th- interesting. I'm not aware of them, but that's interesting. <laughs> that's they, so anyway, the, within that mile were these three different stores doing things very differently from each other, and I mm-hmm. always I that's find interesting. it interesting to, how stores, you know, it just depends on 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 the clientele, I guess, and how you run the store and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad your thing is going pretty well. Are you you're back to like full service now? How do you how are you doing it? 
Yeah, well, we're back to full service, but uh, being in Pennsylvania here uh, and with numbers surging around us, although our county uh, isn't too, too bad compared to some uh, compared to some of the more, you know, heavily populated ones like down near Philly or over way over by Pittsburgh. Um, but the numbers were up for COVID. So they went into like a, um, like, I want, it's not a lockdown, but they have more restrictions on us. So now we're supposed to only have maybe about 50% capacity in retail stores. Um, and for us, that's not really an issue. We have a decent size, uh, you know, floor space and, and sales floor. Um, we already have some, um, COVID measures in place as far as, you know, stickers on the floor to kind of give people some idea, uh, where six feet is. And we just ask people to be, uh, you know, courteous of others and just use common sense. And to be honest, with a few exceptions a week, we rarely have a store full of people. Uh, we're not one of those comic shops that has 50 people in there at one time, you know. So for us to be at a 50% capacity is, is kind of the norm. Uh, that that that's pretty well. That, that that does us pretty well. So we're we're doing okay with that. But again, we're adapting again. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. So that's good. So, so let's talk about things. There's a lot of things going on as always. Um, yeah, you and I were talking before I started to record about the fact we just found out as we're recording this that Free mm-hmm. Comic Book Day now is going to be in August next year, which I, I found interesting. August yep. the 14th. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me mm-hmm. a thing or two uh, that, that as to why they were doing it, and I thought that made a lot of good sense about the people, the ordering and stuff is, is would likely just be begin if it was still in May. So maybe what they're doing is giving people mm-hmm. a little chance to, to order and get uh, you know ahead of, of the game. Is that what you see happening? Mm-hmm. I could see, yeah, because I wasn't even sure if they would even want to schedule one this year. Like we said, I think there's a lot of uncertainties going on with the pandemic. But as far as just the business end of things and getting things to the printers and getting orders, it would make sense because usually um, when it's in May, we have already ordered the comics in January with our January. Like It would be the next order form, basically, would be our, our, for our free comic book day orders would be on there. Um, so pushing it to August gives it some time, and I think maybe people are a little more hopeful um, with the vaccine being distributed out there, and maybe the pandemic numbers will start coming down to safer measures. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly put that in pen on my calendar, um, but I think it's a hopeful thing, and from a business uh, end of things, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you though: that this year they kind of spread it out. They had it like every Wednesday for like two or three months. How did you guys handle that? Did you guys did that go well, or how did that that happen with you guys? Um, we pretty much just gave them out to customers. Um, occasionally, if we have room on our clearance table, we would throw some free comic books out there and tell people, hey, you know, especially when the, the holiday season started, we said, hey, you know, parents, here's some, you know, kids sort of comics you could put out. Uh, but for the most part, we just gave comics out. Or in some cases, I think we still have them on the racks. We have them out there for free and say, hey, you know, here, just take one, you know, don't be greedy kind of thing. And so it definitely, you know, it's not a, a real income generator. But people still like getting free comics. At least they're getting a sample of some stuff that are coming out. Um, but yeah, for for the most part, there was some really good offerings. It's, it's a shame we couldn't have uh, an actual free comic day because the company I thought did some really nice stuff this year. Uh, but again, we just ha- kind of had to do with what we had to do. But for the most part, we just gave them out to people, and we still have some if anybody needs any. Have free comic book day is always a big event. I, I go to stores and okay. people who you don't see in there, you haven't seen for years will show up or people you've never seen come in and take their kids right. there and <laughs> stuff like that. So it, I, I regret that it's not going to be the first Monday or the first Saturday in May because that was always a big mm-hmm. deal. And I kind yeah. of am sorry yeah. that's not happening, but you know, this is, this is strange mm-hmm. times we live in. So, 
Yeah, yep. We're all kind of feeling our way out. Everybody's kind of just changing it up and, and hoping for the best. So we'll see. Maybe August 14th will even work out by the time it comes around. Who knows? But yeah. we're, we're hopeful. We'll be optimistic. Yeah, so that's interesting. That uh, yeah. I, a lot of people didn't know there was free comics available because they were spread out the way they were, and it didn't seem to be publicized as well. So people would walk in and say, "Really, there's a free comic?" And they and I didn't understand that this was what was happening so i'd like it to be a one day again i think this was uh, they did the best they Mm -hmm. can with that but this should be a one-day event i think moving forward yeah i I think what it was was the comics were printed they didn't want to dump them all on retailers all at once so they just kind of said hey we'll spread it out a little bit and maybe it'll give people who are not going to the shop every week maybe it'll give them some reason to go every week to have these free comic books available. Even if they weren't interested, maybe they would show up. So I understand what they were trying to do, but uh, yeah, I, I wanted to have that one big event day. You know, that that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. Now let's move into something, a, a favorite subject of mine. I'm a DC guy and I've mm-hmm. been doing my very best to keep up with DC and to <laughs> get the, you know, I'm a big fan of the animated series of Batman and there was mm-hmm. a bust that came out and the store where I normally ordered, I begged them to order it for me. The lady mm-hmm. that runs it says that it got canceled on her. And so I had to go and order mm-hmm. it from, I had to go to eBay to get it. And she said, don't worry, wherever you get it, that's fine. I, I understand. But I, okay. it seems like, you know, there's been a lot of transition going on. You know, DC, they, they stopped going through Diamond, and they started mm-hmm. going through these two other companies. Now one of those has fallen off, and they're basically sticking with yeah. that last one. But getting, mm-hmm. like, action figures and getting, like, the bus that I was after and stuff, and I, there's mm-hmm. Batman, the new adventure, just continue, whatever it is. I, I've been wanting to get those, yeah. and I can never find them. I have to – I'm looking on, online mm-hmm. now to get them because nobody seems to have them. How has that mm-hmm. been going with your your store as far as doing, like, the DC thing, getting the books and, right. mm-hmm. and how, de- handling DC stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been interesting, uh, to say the least. I, when they first announced that they were breaking ties exclusively with Diamond and that have these two distributors set up, um, I thought, okay, you know what? I've dealt with multiple distributors before. I'm going to sign up immediately and at least get my foot in the water here and, and see what's going on. I didn't want to waste time. I had a feeling something was coming up. I really didn't see the whole thing coming where they broke with Diamond completely so soon. But I signed up immediately um, with the distributor on the East Coast at the time, UCS. And to be honest, I, I was very happy with the service overall. Um, our proximity to New York meant some pretty cheap uh, shipping prices. Um, the service was good overall. I never really had damages and shortages uh, any more than uh, actually much less than Diamond because it was only my DC product. So I will say early on, um, and even through just recently, I was getting my final orders from them. I was pretty happy overall. Um, I really have no complaints. I'm kind of sorry to see them go. Um, yes, I've signed up now with the, the other distributor, Lunar. Um, they're out of Indiana and the Midwest there, but they're going to be servicing everybody. So now I'm a little skeptical. Um, I'm sure they're going to try their hardest, but I'm kind of wondering if they know what they're taking on. I wonder if they're going to be ready for two to 3,000 you know, accounts here, uh, which they were only maybe dealing with half of that or so. And, uh, you know, as far as like you were mentioning toys, I'm not sure what happened with, with that particular bust or anything. But I do know that, um, you know, uh, 
the, the DC direct line is pretty much null and void at this point. Uh, they've canceled and rescheduled so many things. I do believe we're going to see almost next to nothing out of them, even stuff that was pre-ordered. Um, so they're in disarray. They're definitely making changes. You know, they're, they're part of a bigger, bigger company now. And I think that they're trying to trim the fat. They're trying to see what works. They're saying, Hey, we're selling lots of product, um, through licensing. Why do we have to do our own? There's extra cost and overhead with that. But, um, yeah, a lot of changes. I think there's some more coming yet. I think especially in the publishing and now that they settled in with one distributor. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you a couple of things. Cause there's a couple of questions that, that always drive me crazy. Uh, you know, the, the rumor is always going around that DC is going to stop selling comics or they're only going to mm-hmm. sell things through, uh, like, uh, Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that, does that have any ground, any basis in fact, or is that somebody? Yeah conjecturing because you know the internet being the, the fabulous source of yeah. truth that it is you know what do you what's oh, yes, what's your take yeah. on all that <laughs> well you know mis- misinformation travels quicker than ever now we all know that all it takes is one post one misinformed person or one ignorant person to say something and then it gets blown out and it's all over and then millions of people know it and they they think that it's gospel mm-hmm. um, in my personal opinion just even on the business end of things uh, I don't believe that's going to happen. That seems uh, totally illogical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, DC Comics as an entity, as physical comic books, makes money. It's a profit-making venture for DC, Time Warner, AT&T, and whoever else is, is, you know, gets money from them. Um, is it enough for them to keep it? Is, is there enough overhead stuff? I do believe so, yes. Um, they definitely like their comic books being part of their whole research and development. Hey, just just this week, we created this character. Well, maybe that character could be a toy. Maybe that character could be an animated series. Maybe that character could be something else. Um, so from the pure business end of things, they make money. Um, this whole thing that they're going to go just digital is is nonsense. Uh, digital is probably less than, I think, 9 to 10% of the entire industry. I don't know where people are thinking that digital is somehow taking over, because it's not. Um, the reason DC was saying that they're going to put more effort into digital is because they want to grow that part. The comic book end is doing pretty well. They're going to be making some changes. They're going to be cutting things back and changing things up there to increase profits. But digital is not doing as well as they want it to, and that's why they want to put more effort into that. That's not because it's, it's going to take over for, for the print comics. Um, so I, I believe like a lot of that is just you know complete nonsense. But I think we are going to see maybe a, a change of format in the way DC does release their monthly titles. Though I, I, I think we're already seeing that now. I think we're seeing a little uh, you know a prelude to all that going on as we speak. In what way? What way do you think that's changing? Well, you know, even last year before COVID happened, they did talk about cutting their line down by about 25%, which to be honest, any company is going to do that. You know, your, your bottom sellers, since forever, since comics were first introduced, your bottom sellers get canceled. That's all there is to it. That's nothing new. But I think they want to focus a little bit away from maybe continuity heavy books. Um, and leaned more towards these specials. You know, uh, a lot of these, you know, any, any fan who's buying DC Comics knows there's tons of these one-shots out there that are $5.99 cover price, $7.99, $8.99. They're miniseries that are special formats, and they're higher price. Uh, they have a higher ticket value uh, to them rather than your $3.99 comic book. So I think you might see more stuff like that coming out. You might not see... You know, uh, a monthly Supergirl comic anymore, or a monthly Suicide Squad comic, but you might see some specials, a seven ninety nine special, or, for instance, they introduced uh, 
They're coming out with an anthology comic featuring the Batman family of titles. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Batman will anchor that, and then you'll feature some of those characters that maybe have their, their own titles and things like that. So you might see them trim the fat, and you, I'm, 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 I think people, they don't mind getting a bang for their buck. But when you start getting into comics that are seven ninety nine, sure, they're 64 pages or so. But if there's only one Batman story and you don't care about the Red Hood, you don't care about Batwoman, you don't care about you know something else that's a backup story, are you going to pay that eight dollars? So, um, and even Future State, I think, is a little bit of a glimpse of that too. Like a mini series, many of them are deluxe formats. Some of them aren't, but many of the the, the better ones are the the better sellers, like Batman titles. And I think they're testing the waters. I, I really do. I think we're going to see more of this. It's interesting because for a long time, I thought Marvel was going to be the one that was going to go towards the, the, the more expensive books. Well, we're seeing both companies definitely raise the prices kind of indiscriminately on things. Uh, most of your specials and miniseries from Marvel are four ninety nine. They do give you extra pages. And what they do is I think they hope that, you know, these extra, you know, ticket items will, will kind of help, you know, you know, make up for the sales on some of the lower selling ones that they are selling at three ninety nine. But you're going to see it from both companies. I think you're going to see it more from DC because they're going to have fewer titles at a higher price point, where Marvel, I think, will continue to pump out what they're pumping out. So there'll still be plenty of three ninety nine comics from them, but your top books might be four ninety nine and five ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, like, Death Metal... Uh, all that stuff is selling for for DC. Although I have to say, I'm starting to wear down a little bit on death metal. Yeah, we're seeing a little fatigue on that. Now, sales are very good for us still, even on all the one-shots and everything. But I think people are kind of like, wow, like metal ended, and then like it, it felt like the remnants of that just carried on for like death metal. So it's almost like two or three years now. It's been like one big story. And, um, you know, nothing against it. It's been selling for DC. But I think fans, that's why I think Future State's not a bad little thing to, to take a break after uh, after Death Metal's over. Uh, we need to get away from all that. We need to get away from the Batman who laughs and everything. And we can't, we can't miss you if you don't go away kind of thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, that's, I was going to talk about Future State. I'm just, so you, uh, you're okay with it? Because there's some people who are like, it's only two months. Why am I wasting you know, two months worth of stuff for something that's on, it's only going to be there for two months. People are going to pass on two months or something like that. So you, you think mm-hmm. it's going to do all right? It will. I think so. I think the initial the initial response in our store is pretty positive. Not too many people have committed outright. Some of them said, look, if I'm getting Batman, just give me the Batman books. If I'm getting Superman, give me the Superman books, and I'll take a look at everything else. On the business end of things, DC has made them returnable for us, too, fully returnable to retailers. Mm-hmm. So... Nobody wants to order way too many and have to incur that cost and, and sit on books that don't sell. But in the end, they will be returnable. It's just everybody should kind of still be, uh, you know, pretty conservative about how many they're going to order. Um, but I think too, comic fans love to read comic books, mm-hmm. and I find it—I I would find it very shocking if some people were kind of like, you know, what I don't want to read DC. I'm done. Could it be a jumping-off point for some people? Sure. But I think you'll see more people jumping on or just saying, hey, you know what? I don't mind that it's two months. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I want to give this a try. Some people said they're going to try all of them. You know, they're not going to see too many too many people doing that. Mm-hmm. But so far, the response in our store has been pretty positive. And I know from, from past experience, a lot of times once they hit, they come out that first week or two, and maybe they get a good buzz or people actually see these, you might see a little bit more of a positive response and, and interest in them. But right now, people are on the fence. But I know sometimes once people, they have it in their hand or they hear about it, then they have to have it. 
you know oh, yeah see that's the hard part for you as a uh, as a store owner mm-hmm. you have to somehow be able to predict how these are going to go and and be able to order enough so that yeah. if those people come and say oh my gosh i didn't order so and so but you've got it right that right happens. yeah oh well that that will happen yeah i mean we only have previous sales numbers to sort of base our things off of and go Okay, this isn't regular Batman, but what is the normal Batman miniseries selling? Maybe it'll sell somewhere between that and that. And Nightwing, Nightwing is a moderate seller, but not a great seller. But we'll get a few extra to make sure the people that want to jump on will jump on. And there's definitely a juggling act. We do have some previous data to help us. Mm-hmm. If somebody's out there just winging it, then you know, <laughs> I feel bad for them. But at the end, DC will make good, and, and you'll be able to return whatever you don't sell. Hopefully, I don't have to return many because that means everything sold through. But there's a little bit of a security blanket there. Yeah. Well, that's good. Now let's let's compare mm-hmm. to Marvel, which uh, mm-hmm. you know DC canceled a whole bunch of titles, including one of my favorites, Hawkman. Mm-hmm. I, I miss Hawkman mm-hmm. terribly. I thought that was a tremendous book. I don't know how they're ever going to be able to bring him back because I thought that was <laughs> just like the best book you could possibly make, and it didn't do it. So what can they do with Hawkman now? Mm-hmm. So I'm about that. But on the, well, you know, you know, as a longtime fan, historically, Hawkman is a hard sell in his yeah. own title, even yeah. going back to the the '60s. There, good character. You know, you get some good creative teams that really give him some juice. But again, he's one of those guys that one of those characters that just can't seem to get a lot of traction after the first like year or two. You know, yeah. sadly, I, I I miss that. But compare that though anyway. to <laughs> compare that to Marvel, who it seems like mm-hmm. Aunt May is getting her own title, and and Mary Jane gets a title, <laughs> and Doctor Doom had yeah. a title, mm-hmm. and I mean everybody, mm-hmm. I, I you know Spider Ham's going to get a title and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. a lot of the times I think what they're doing is throwing things against the wall to see what stick and a lot of them like Dr. Doom has stopped and other ones have stopped I think Mary Jane has stopped I, a lot of these ones they're doing yeah. it mm-hmm. and I, I I mean what how do you handle that as a store I mean you know if people mm-hmm. come in I mean you know there are people who collect Marvel number ones like they're gold and I mm-hmm. I worry that as a store how do you I mean how do you approach that? I mean, do you ask people yeah. ahead of time, or do you figure there's a certain number of people going to want Marvel number ones? How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's it's just you know it's just using previous sales records for the most part. That's all I can do. A lot of it sometimes you have to go with your gut, just being in the business a long time. But uh, in the end, it really is just data. It's just okay. I sold X amount of this. Well, this is the closest thing I can relate to this. Now there are some things that will come out of left field, like. I don't know how, like that Gwen Stacy that came out, you know, months ago. I'm like, well, I have really nothing to compare it to except a low end. What is the the lowest, lowest Spider-Man miniseries sell? I, you know, at the very least, I could sell X amount of that. I'll go with that. And because there's a J. Scott Campbell cover, I'll order a couple more because I have people that will just buy his stuff. So there, there's definitely a lot of juggling going on. But in the end, I can only count on you know, pre-sales and pre-orders that people make and just previous sales on things. So uh, sometimes we get it dead on. Sometimes I get it horribly wrong one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, we, we keep it down to a minimum, and that's all all you can do because it, you can't count on speculators. You can't count on just, oh, well, maybe this will be the next hot thing or maybe this will be the next. You can only sell what you can sell. Mm-hmm. And nobody will go out of business pretty much selling through their inventory. It's, it's the people that have too much sitting on the racks, you know, month after month that are, aren't going to make it and can't absorb all that. Um, so, yeah, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's interesting sometimes, I'll well, say the least. 
as you once told me, though, Marvel is the cool company. You know, kids look at Marvel as cool. DC, uh-uh. Other companies, uh-uh. Marvel is the cool company. And so... Marvel's still the cool company, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, but, you know, as as far as that goes, I mean, do you think that's a successful practice to put these number ones out and to put these, like, parent miniseries? Because nothing Marvel does, they don't tell you when a book ends. It just stops. Yeah, I heard one time where... You know, some of these books that, you know, they know are going to be miniseries, but they don't have a ton of confidence in, they don't want to tell you because they feel like calling it a miniseries means that your average collector won't be as interested in it, as if somehow a miniseries doesn't carry as much weight as an ongoing series uh, uh, does. And there's some truth to that, because there's some people be like, eh, it's just a miniseries. So to them, in their mind, that doesn't really affect anything. It's not going to make any difference. And that's kind of prevalent. Uh, going back to just Marvel, you know, that whole perception that it's cooler. Uh, let's face it, the, you know, the Marvel movies are the biggest thing of the past, you know, you know, 15 years or so. The Marvel product is everywhere. Uh, the branding is everywhere. If you're a kid, what do you see in stores all the time? You see Marvel product. You're inundated. You've seen the cartoons. You're watching it. You're wearing a shirt. For DC, eh, you know, we did. You know, when the Flash was in its heyday on on TV a couple years ago, a lot of young people were interested in the Flash. There was some lesser interest, but still interest in Supergirl. And we will get a bump when Wonder Woman comes out. But then, kind of, that fades away. Like DC uh, Flash Time, where they don't they don't pound it into the ground and just make it everywhere, like you know the Disney overlords do. And that's not even an insult. It just means that they know what they're doing when it comes to licensing and branding, and they make sure everywhere you go, you see their product, so you become familiar with it and you want to have it. And that's why kids think that they're cooler. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what they see mostly. They see what they, their friends are wearing things, they're playing the games, they're doing everything. And that does translate into comic book sales eventually for us. Um, I'm not saying we have a we do have a nice kids' corner and everything, but when kids come in, most of them are looking for Spider-Man. They're looking for something Avengers. You know, rarely will they ask for Batman. Batman is kind of the, the he's kind of universal though. He, he kind of unites everybody. Everybody kind of likes Batman, even mm-hmm. even Marvel fans. Um, but for the most part, Marvel controls that product uh, in, in kids' minds. They're they're in there first, and that's yeah. super important. I mean, I go to when I went to a convention in Texas, they had Disney Princess mm-hmm. stuff all over the place. I was like, in Texas, yeah. Texas has got Disney yeah. Princess stuff, and I I just yeah, find it sure. really interesting. You know, I I you know I I'm always. See, living as I do near Disney, I I, I get worried that mm-hmm. this this you know other companies buy franchises and and stuff, but Disney can buy the Muppets, Star Wars, Marvel. They they're becoming this huge monolith, and yet nobody's bothered mm-hmm. by it. Oh well, that's just Disney. They'll you know they have Disney Plus, they have this, that, and the other. Oh, that's okay. They have mm-hmm. five cable channels. That that's okay because it's yeah. Dis- it's Disney, and I'm like. I don't know if Warner Brothers did that. The screaming would be deafening. You know, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I, I kind of wonder, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's above my pay scale, but I often think about that. And I guess because there is so many alternatives out there, mm-hmm. Disney could say, hey, look, we're not making you buy our product or watch our shows or do anything like that. There are, I think that's the whole thing. We do not have a monopoly. We own a lot, but it's not a monopoly. But I'll tell you what, years ago, when they decided to buy Marvel and they decided to buy Star Wars, that was their first shot across the bow that they want to control every demographic and they want to affect and sell to every demographic. Because for the most part before that, if you were a Disney fan, you were a Disney fan as you were a kid, maybe a preteen girl, and you were watching the TV shows, you bought some products, and that was it. After you hit a certain point, there was nothing for you in Disney. It was just 
you were a kid. That's it. And so they said, we want that young male demographic. We want some older male demographic. We want that money. We want those people that have disposable income. And that's why they get you from cradle to the grave. Mm-hmm. Now they have everything. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's consumerism. It's, it's gross consumerism, but they're good at it. And so they get you when you're a kid and your parents are familiar with the product. And all of a sudden you're older. And normally when you're older, you know, if you were a Disney fan, you broke off. For point. Well, now you have the Marvel movies, you have the Marvel product and everything else, the Star Wars and uh, they know what they're doing, Wayne. They know what they're doing. Oh, <laughs> it's, say that. it's smart. I mean, let's face it. They, it's mm-hmm. you know, there are people. I see Star Wars things everywhere now, and, yeah. and you know, Mandalorian yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. The the if when I go into a store, I don't care what kind of store it is. There is a child, mm-hmm. or he's got a name now, and I don't, can't pronounce yep. it. But he's that 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 child stuff is everywhere t-shirts mm-hmm. uh yep. thing ones that move around and talk you know, I, I, and yep. i'm going like I, at first i think well they missed the boat they should have put this out sooner mm-hmm. but uh, on the other hand there's all this stuff there mm-hmm. and it's not there the next week i go back and i go okay yeah oh we can't keep enough the big thing for us are the funko pops uh, there mm-hmm. there's at least with us i think there were three different ones of the child mm-hmm. and um every time we get more in i will get a lot and i'll go like huh geez you know like i got another case of them in. i got another case and you know what? i'm always concerned that they're not going to sell and i should know by now they always sell mm-hmm. even just like last week i thought we were like we had tons of this one particular one we had a couple different uh, variations of them mm-hmm. and the one woman asked them like well geez i had eight of them like last week and now i have one you know, and that's just one of those. So yeah, he, he's he's money right now, and the Mandalorian and, and uh, has has made people you know uh, rekindle their love with Star Wars, and yeah. here we go again. You know, <laughs> this reminds me of a funny story. When I was I was in a Toys R Us one time, and there was a mother, and she was there with her like six or seven year old son, and this was the Star mm-hmm. Wars little, I mean three or four inch tall figures. And they had just restocked them, and they happened to have Princess Leia, who was, at that time, really valuable. And I'll never forget the kid mm-hmm. talking to his mom, mm-hmm. six-year-old, going to his mother, Buy them all, Mom! Buy them all! <laughs> and and I thought, here's a, and you know, it's a, it's a joke between some of my friends and I, whenever we go someplace, it says, Buy them all! You know, we have to... Because, but I thought, you know, here's this child being... In the encouraged in the ways of commercialism, you know, even at six yeah. six years old, he's going get them yep. all, mom, buy them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You still see that sometimes. I, I like when the kids come in; they have sort of that pure sort of innocence. They just want to read something. They just want to look at something. Mm-hmm. But at a certain age, some of them do think, and maybe they get it from their parents, or they hear it from their their somebody who also is a collector or whatever, and and they'll say things like, "Oh, will this be worth money." I think this will be worth money. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, they, they didn't just make that up. They heard it from somewhere. Yep. But I think that's intrinsic with collecting sometimes yeah. at a certain point. When you become aware that they may have a resale value, you kind of wonder, is this going to be worth money? But um, not always. Mostly not, kids. Yeah, so. sorry. <laughs> Bye uh, for fun. Bye which, for fun. Which, which leads me to ask, though, how are the Star Wars comics selling for Marvel these days? Uh, well, they're doing really well still. They're not quite what they were in the heyday when Marvel first launched them. They were doing some pretty monster number for mm-hmm. it. They were outselling most of everything. But they have settled in pretty nicely. They're not they're not overdoing it either. I think mm-hmm. they cut back a little bit. They just have pretty much the regular Star Wars, uh, regular Darth Vader. Then they'll always have some miniseries. And maybe they'll introduce another one. Oh, Dr. Aphra's out there, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the regular the Star Wars Invader do very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, then the miniseries all do a little bit less, unless it's something important like Kylo Ren. Uh, the new High Republic that's coming out has good buzz. 
was, and I think Marvel just announced the second printing of number one, and mm. number one hasn't even come out yet. Mm. So that tells me that they expect number one is going to do very well for them. And um, what I'm waiting for, the big one will be if they ever finally decide to do a little, at least the Mandalorian miniseries. Mm. Um, that will be huge because people do ask about that. I mean, it's the hottest thing going, and people always say, is there a Mandalorian comic? Is there a Mandalorian comic? I said, there will be. I'm sure of it, but uh, not right now. But I can't wait till there is be huge sales there. Yeah, well, the the looks like the child, that whole child thing. I mean, I like I said, mm-hmm. I thought they were they they delayed too late, but apparently, if they're selling really well, they didn't delay. They're probably taking their time, making yeah. sure it's something good. Yeah, I think there was a lot of weird stuff because you couldn't reveal the child like last year when they like you figured when the sales for the the holidays would start in November and December. That show was just hitting in say October, wasn't it, or so maybe yeah. September. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, without knowing whether, you know, what, what, how people were going to react to the character, you would have had something in production early to have that out at the same time. And then, so, yeah, I think they did drop the ball a little bit by not having something ready for Christmas last year, but they're more than making up for it now, even in a, even in a pandemic situation. So I don't think they look at it as a lost opportunity so much as they waited until people were at a fever pitch and couldn't wait to get product. And now it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it's going with that. It's just, it's amazing how yeah, they're not losing any money there. Well, that's all good. Uh, Disney, of course, I, I never expect Disney's going to, when Disney, Disney has a flop, then I'll be surprised because I, I haven't yeah. seen one. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, let's get back to some of the comics, though. We, we've talked about Marvel. Yeah. We've talked about DC. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, how's Image Comics selling these days? Are they doing pretty well? Yeah, Image is doing well. But what's really nice to see is the emergence of some of these other smaller companies now that, that really didn't get much love or attention, mm-hmm. or maybe they're just new enough. Um, but it seems to me like there's products and, and, and uh, titles that have popped up at, like, Boom!, uh, studios, for instance, they're seeing a nice big bump in sales um, thanks to the influx of, of some uh, some books like We Only Find Them When They're Dead and Something Is Killing the Children, of course, has made a huge splash uh, this past year. But Image is still doing very well, too. Um, but it, it's just a little bit different. It used to be that when an Image number one came out, no matter who kind of came out with it, people were like willing to try it. Like, it's an image number one, and it's a quirky little title, but I'll try it. Now people are a little bit more reluctant. It seems like the big-name creators you know, um, like we do very well when, when Ed Brubaker comes out with one of his, his graphic novels, like recently this past week, Reckless came out. That did very well as a $25 hardcover, you know. Um, so the name people still have, have a lot of stroke there. I think some of the newer titles still struggle to find a little bit of a footing, um, but that's always been that way. That, that's, that's nothing new with Image. But it's nice to see, you know, companies like Boom and like SourcePoint Press and Scout Comics and Vault Comics are, are some companies that have really made a not a big splash yet. We're not selling big numbers, but it's nice to see some new voices and talent coming out of there, and not just Image Comics. Hmm. Well, that's good to see because I think mm-hmm. you know the the, the old uh, saying that you know the uh, the water rises all boats, kind of you know. I think that mm-hmm. if Boom does, Boom has like Ones in Future, which a lot of people are really into. Yes, that's a big I book. Love that title too. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. one. And uh, of course, now the Eternals are going to come from Marvels. But the guy that does Ones in Future is going right. to do Eternals. So uh, Marvels never wanted to watch somebody else have success and say, "Wait a second, we can use that guy." But uh, that's I, right. Hey, you know, yeah. hey, that's why they are where they are. But uh, as far mm-hmm. as like, uh, so Boom does really well. Um, Source Point Press, I know, is doing really good with horror. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Vault is kind of sci-fi. 
is their big thing. Well, they're a little bit of everything. Vault has done, in fact, uh, they're not. They're kind of maybe known for it, but I mean, they've done you know dark fantasy and horror uh, very well too. Uh, one of my favorite books of the past couple of years from them was uh, These Savage Shores. Mm-hmm. Super highly recommend that. If nobody else uh, has has read that, it's wonderful. In fact, uh, it's written by Ram V, mm-hmm. uh, who's now writing Catwoman and doing some other stuff for DC. He's going to be doing the new Swamp thing for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize that I can't remember the name of the artist. I have the book right over there. I could get the name because I have a copy of myself. Um, but uh, there, there's a lot. Yeah, the, don't, Marvel and DC are looking to these these small publishers as they always did mm-hmm. uh, for some really uh, out you know uh, breakout talent and. Uh, so there's an example of, of that, but um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff from the from the small press guys. You have to dig a little bit. It's yeah. it's tough. I understand for people, you know, dollars, they'll trust. You know, hey, this is a Batman miniseries. I could trust that because I kind of know what it's about, and I'll spend my three ninety nine on that. This little weird sort of horror book kind of looks neat, but I don't know if I can trust it. But I know what to do here. So lack of familiarity and willing to take a chance with your dollars is. Uh, I understand that. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there if people dig around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, what about like indie comics? I I was surprised when I came to Florida. There's a big indie comics group down here. People making comics mm-hmm. and, and 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 selling them right. through local shops and stuff like that. Is there mm-hmm. is the indie market much up there these days? It didn't used to be. Marvel and DC and Image, of course, dominated up there pretty much. Is it still kind of a Kind of that, uh, you know, the weird little, oh, those indie books, you know, you, we can't worry about those. We have to worry about what Marvel and DC and Image are doing. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we there's a lot of talented people up in this area, but as far as putting out their own little indies or anything like that, maybe about once a year, twice a year, we'll get somebody that drops off something kind of neat. Um, even recently, a gentleman dropped off his graphic novel for me to take take a look at and then put up there. He had he funded on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and he already did well in there. There, and he, he uh, had some extra copies and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's not it's not big up here. No, I, I think it has to do with you know even the culture and the scene and everything. Like some areas are just more prone to having a certain vibe and having you know a certain. Uh, yeah, you know, where groups sort of congregate, you know, and uh, and like so they'd be down there in Florida, but yeah, yeah. not so much up in Northeast PA. <laughs> well, see, you're close to New York, and I think people who want to make comics mm-hmm. go to New York because that's you know yeah. Marvel's there, DC used to be there, and I think that was where people congregated. Down in Florida, we're so far away from New York that people kind of said, "My gosh, I want to make a comic. I don't want to go all the way to New York," and so they started right. making their own little companies and stuff like that. There are several companies I'm mm-hmm. surprised down here in Florida about that so I just hmm. wondered if that because there's other places I've been to like Ohio has a lot of little independent companies that, mm-hmm. that are going and mm. you know different places mm-hmm. all, they're all making these kind I just wondered if it touched there but you're probably too close to New York it's probably I probably won't do yeah the, the Scranton area we're still a very you know traditional traditional area here and uh, even though there's always been a good creative scene there's been a lot of you know uh, good local creative people, especially in the Scranton area, as far as um, just everything from you know playwrights to film and stuff like that. There's still an active community here, but as far as the comics go, it's never been since I've been here. In, you know, since '92, there's never been a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Now I got to ask you. I, we'll, we'll wrap to a close here pretty quickly, but. The one story I always tell people is when I went to your store one time and I had extra money with me, and I asked you, "What book should I be reading that I'm not reading?" And you recommended to me The Walking Dead. 
And I, <laughs> I remember saying to you, oh, no, that, that can't possibly be any good. It's black and white. It's zombies. That'll never work. Yep. But you talked me into it, and I bought, I, I bought the first trade and a couple of the individual issues to tell you how long ago this was. And mm-hmm. I took it back, and I became a big Walking Dead fan after that. And I always like to mm-hmm. say that, that you were the one that got me into that. Well, it's funny. It it kind of broke the mold for things I was interested in too. Mm -hmm. I didn't read it as soon as it came out. I I was already out for you know quite a few months by the time I got into it. But so many customers kept talking about it, and there was enough of a buzz on it, uh, you know, even online at that time. Mm -hmm. I thought, ah, let me try it. This doesn't seem like my scene, but let me try it. And I fell in love with it, and of course recommended it to you. And uh, Mm -hmm. quite a few people have became fans over the years. Well, see, now I got to ask though. They are starting to put out Mm -hmm. the early issues in color. How's that yeah. doing? How is that doing well? I mean, what's going on with that? Um, it's doing okay. I, I don't think we're really picking up new readers with it. It seems like everybody who's buying it, which I mean, for Kirkman, he doesn't care whether you're an old reader or a new reader. I'm sure he'd like to get new readers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it just seems like it's existing readers who are going like, well, I love The Walking Dead. Let me buy it in color now. And the colors are gorgeous. I have to say, it looks really good. It's a, it's a good-looking look. Um, it's tempted for me to go back and reread some of that because I remember – Reading those as they came out to some degree, but I, you know, kind of revisiting them in color might uh, might not be a bad idea either. But it's selling okay. Numbers are are pretty good, but it seems like it's existing Walking Dead fans, mm-hmm. uh, not really new fans, trying it out for the first time. Interesting, interesting. So, They're well, double dipping. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I, it, it's like the digital and print versions. Those Batman: The New The Adventures Continue that book. I, I get the digital, mm-hmm. but I also buy the paper right. copy. Because I want to have right, a paper yeah. copy of those because I love those. Mm-hmm. So I've done that's the way to do it. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's the you're, you're happy and the, the comicsology is happy. So everybody's happy with us. Well, right. the industry's wh- doing well. That's right. Things are going along, stuff like that. Now, well, why don't you tell people how to to where your store is at and how to access the, the good stuff there? Okay. Well, we're we're smack in the middle of downtown Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yes. Scranton, the same Scranton that's uh, from the show, the TV show, The Office. Uh, we've been there a long time. We're open seven days a week there. Uh, we're online. We're actually very active on Facebook. That's actually a very active community for us as far as you know, taking orders and just keeping up with new things. Uh, we, uh, we're, uh, we're at Comics on the Green there. Uh, we do have comicsonthegreen.com. It's not a real active website. It just kind of it's informative how to reach us, maybe some little things about us. And, and you could buy gift cards there, though. I will say we do. You could buy gift cards through the mail there. Uh, and we're on Instagram and Twitter as well. You could just look us up. And we try to post some fun things. We try to be informative as well. But we keep things light and uh, try to keep our customers engaged. But we're all over the Internet. And, of, of course, our personal store. We'd love to see you come down. Uh, visit us and we do uh, tons of mail order we ship all over the world we've been doing that forever and uh, even though the usps is moving very slowly right now if you need anything we'll get it out to you and if you're looking for something dave is one of the people to get a hold of what's the phone number at the store the phone number at the store is yeah. 570-342-5960 yeah, because I have many times called you and said, I can't find something, Dave. And you say, oh, I've got one. <laughs> and you send it off to me. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty good with that. Yeah, we got we have a lot of stuff lying around. But one thing I am, I'm proud of, too, is our customer service. Uh, any of our any of our employees there uh, are really good with suggestions, especially this time of year when people come in and go, I don't know what to get. I don't know what I should do. I have some idea what this person likes, you know, my loved one or family member. And um, we're also, we're all very helpful. We're all very knowledgeable. Uh, we kind of pride ourselves in that. We're big fans there at the shop, uh, not to toot our own horn or anything. like. That. But we still love comics. We still read them. 
and we still get excited to see those new releases every week and, uh, you know, share them with everybody and make a few bucks to pay the bills, too. That That's very nice, too. I like what it says on your website. It says, come for the pictures, stay for the words. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a great yeah. saying. So that, that came out of a little conversation that was going on in the store about how, you know, people uh, see something visually first, and then if they get engaged with the, the story, you know, but the visuals and the art grab them first. So that was an organic sort of conversation that happened. Well, good. That's a, I think that's true. People buy a comic based on what the cover or something or the art looks like, and then when they like the story, mm-hmm. they keep doing that. So I think that that's very exactly. wise. Very wise thing. Well, Dave, it's great to talk with you as always, and I highly recommend Comics on the Green. It's got all kinds of good stuff, and and if you're looking for something that maybe you can't find at your local store, I would give them a try because even if David doesn't have it, you, you can always get it somewhere. So we've got lots of good connections. So, David, great to talk with you as always. You always got some great perspective on both sides of the aisle, on the behind the table and in front of it. So it's good stuff. And happy holidays, and I hope this is a great season for you and the year starts off really great for you and Comics on the Green, Dave. Thanks, Wayne. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. I know you're a longtime fan, and you're a good guy, always trying to stay positive and, uh, you know, uh, getting comics out there to everybody and having a good time in this, you know, terrific industry we all love. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Have a great time out there, and please be safe out there as well. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, as a man. I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol... Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And now it's time for my yearly holiday tradition, the playing of Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas. This video is actually available on YouTube. If you go to that site and look up Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas, you'll find it there. It's from the folks who do I'm a Marvel and I'm a DC kind of videos. And there are plenty of them. I think this is one of their first ones. What you really need to know is that there are three voices. The first one is Alfred. The second one, of course, is Batman. And the third one is Santa Claus. And it has an interesting holiday message that I like to communicate. So without any further ado, Twas the dark night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through Wayne Manor, not a sound could be heard, especially not laughter. There were no stockings hung and no tree filled with lights, not a single Christmas decoration in sight. Master Bruce in his costume, and I in my robe, were up late on the lookout for evils unknown. I missed Christmas, but he said he didn't have time. None at all ever since the tender age of nine. It saddened me watching him year after year, never taking in joy, only dealing out fear. I say, sir. I pleaded with all of my might. Master Grayson is having a party tonight. Master Drake and Ms. Gordon are sure to be there. Why not leave this bleak cave and enjoy some fresh air? I've outgrown Christmas, Alfred. He answered each year. You can go if you want to, but I'm needed here. I sighed and walked upstairs to turn off the lights. Merry Christmas, I said. His reply was, Good night. I walked up to my bedroom, got under my sheets, and prepared to drift off into sweet, peaceful sleep. Suddenly, a noise woke me up with such a clatter, I ran to my window for more on the matter. And what should my wandering eyes happen to find but a man in a sleigh with eight reindeer... No, nine! I was off to tell Master Bruce what I had spied. The fat man in the sleigh was in for a surprise. But it was my surprise. 
He had beaten me there. Just how fast was this man who could sled through the air? Who are you? Master Bruce yelled, demanding to know. The fat man's belly shook as he laughed. Don't you know? He asked, giving his heels a click. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Kris Kringle, Saint Nick. The Batman moved slowly, not wanting to harm him. Right, Santa. Let me take you back home to Arkham. But the man disappeared. He was gone in a flash, leaving only some traces of old soot and ash. Suddenly, he was back just as soon as he'd left. This man was indeed quite fast in spite of his heft. I've come here in peace, said the man. Have no fear, Batman said. Then explain to me why you've come here. The jolly man laughed. Christmas time is at hand. I bring gifts of joy to everyone in the land. The good people come to me with their requests for their heart's desire, and I do my best. I need and want nothing from you, Batman said. Go and take to the streets of Gotham with your sled. The man in red snickered and gave him a wink. The person I'm here for is not who you think. I've no gift for you, though you've done much good, it's true. But the present I'm bringing tonight, well, is you. For when it comes to Christmas, you just disappear. And you leave behind all of the friends you hold dear. Bruce said, Hold on a minute now. That isn't true. I give plenty of presents at Christmas. I do. Gifts of cash, food, drink, clothes, anything I can find. So then how can you say that I leave them behind? (sighs) Giving gifts is something for which you've had a knack. But the spirit of Christmas is still what you lack. Your gifts are all sent, none given face to face, and you've never even accepted an embrace. If you're given a gift, you just turn it away, denying your friends what their hearts want to say. I know all of their feelings, and they all know mine. Gifts are simply a symbol for which I've no time. Well, Christmas is a time for which I've always felt allowing others in. Let your defenses melt. My defenses are fine. Batman furrowed his brow. It's just a sign of weakness to let them go down. Santa sighed. I have never, as long as I've lived, had to teach tis better to receive than to give. I came here to open up your heart and your mind. You're determined to keep them both closed up, I find. You're just too filled with anger and pain and regret. Probably about both of your parents, I bet. You'd tell them you loved them if you could somehow, just like all of your friends want to tell you right now. Oh, the gift of allowing love to be expressed is one of the greatest gifts that one can get. For the past is behind us, the future unknown, and the moment is all that we have to call home. And so, now I leave you with this to think on. And with that, this St. Nicholas fellow was gone. The master was silent. He was lost in thought. I wondered if this was what that fat man sought. Alfred, he said sharply, giving me a fright. You mentioned something about a party tonight. Soon we were dressed and ready and out on our way. Surely this was a miracle, one had to say. He had come bearing gifts and was going inside when he stopped to look up because he had spied... That Santa Claus fellow! I exclaimed in the dark. Master Bruce simply smiled, looked up, and said, Thanks, Clark. And I heard Batman say as he walked out of sight, Merry Christmas to all. Well, at least for tonight.
Now you enjoy whatever holidays you celebrate this year. So happy holidays. I'll be back next week with more interviews. But until then, keep reading your comics. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.